a great show for you today. We're going to be talking all about this, okay? You are here somewhere on the outskirts of the Milky Way galaxy paying taxes to pedophiles, okay? As we know, the world is run by a gigantic global sex trafficking ring, okay? And we had a big story that was released yesterday, um, which is on top of the big story that was released last week. I mean, last week, we found out that the former director of the CIA admitted under oath to Jim Jordan that Antony Blinken orchestrated that infamous letter to discredit the Hunter Biden laptop story. And that was a pretty big story and revealed the corruption of the intelligence apparatus and, and actually red-pilled a lot of people. Um, so we had that. And then yesterday, we had another bombshell where um, the Washington Street Journal, Rupert Murdoch's news outlet, uh, which is ironic, considering that Rupert Murdoch is the Unip- he's part of the Uniparty Legacy Media. But nonetheless, uh, they, they released uh, an article which further exposes the corruption in the intelligence apparatus here in the U.S. Okay, and we're going to dive down the rabbit hole today and talk about why this revelation just further proves the suspicion that a lot of us have, which is that the Epstein Island... Uh, it wasn't just about trafficking children to global elites. It was a CIA honeypot operation to blackmail and control powerful people around the world that was not just being enabled by the CIA and the FBI and the Israeli version of the CIA, Mossad, but it's actually being run by them, okay? Uh, Now, before we get into that, I actually want to briefly touch on this story that just came out. And uh, I just think it kind of ties into what we're going to talk about today, and you'll see why in a second. U.S. regulator seizes First Republic Bank to sell assets to J.P. Morgan. Okay, so this is yet another bank collapse. Um, We all know about the story behind the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank. Well, another one collapsed, and that is the First Republic Bank. And the reason this is so ironic is because... um, you know, the CEO of J.P. Morgan, right, Jamie Dimon, was recently sued by prosecutors in the Virgin Islands for knowingly enabling Jeffrey Epstein for trafficking children, right? It turns out that J.P. Morgan Chase was the bank of choice of Jeffrey Epstein while he was running his uh, child sex trafficking ring. And the CEO, Jamie, Jamie Dimon, knew about it, and they say turned a blind eye to it, but most likely he was directly involved in it. And there's text messages and emails to prove it, right? So here we have another bank collapsing and being gobbled up by uh, another bank, which is being run by pedophiles. And we're about to do a whole show on Jeffrey Epstein, so I just thought I'd bring that up. Now, to further expand upon this, right, you guys know my theory on why all this is happening, this bank um, crisis. I believe it's a systemic crisis, intentional crisis um and the reason it's happening is so that the small banks get crushed and the big banks are allowed to buy up their assets so you get more consolidation and less competition and then you know what's going to happen is with these banks collapsing one by one what's going to happen is the financial regulators are going to come in and impose more regulations on the whole banking system uh and they'll say it's to prevent another collapse from happening right But what it's really going to do is it's going to hurt the small banks even more. Because as you know, the big banks, they can adhere to the regulations and they have 
gigantic teams of powerful attorneys and, and stuff like that, whereas the smaller banks don't. So they're not going to be able to adhere to the regulations. And what, what you're going to have is eventually an entire banking industry run by a small handful of World Economic Forum criminals and pedophiles that want to impose a central bank digital currency and a social credit uh, score system, right? That's what I think is happening here. And that's also why you should go to nicklovesgold.com. If you have $50,000 or more saved for retirement, do something to protect yourself now. Right now, thousands of Americans are using an IRS loophole to protect their retirement savings from everything that's going on. Go to nicklovesgold.com to get your free IRS loophole kit and see how you can protect your retirement savings while getting up to $10,000 in free silver just for doing it. We could be looking at a future worse than 2008, so don't wait. Visit nicklovesgold.com. That's nicklovesgold.com. All right. Be sure to smash that rumble button, ladies and gentlemen. Let me hit refresh here, see who's here. All right, we got 129 people watching. We're off to a great start. Uh, so let's get into it. Now, the Gateway Pundit picked up on this, but again, this was originally published by the Washington uh, Street Journal, but it was behind a paywall. So I had to do some roundabout digging to find out the actual content of this article other than the little snippets that the Gateway Pundit provided for us. And I got uh, the full scoop here, and it's very, very interesting. So what this all centers around is the release of the private calendar of Jeffrey Epstein, and it shows several prominent left-wing individuals had meetings with Epstein on multiple occasions, right? Including, and this is one of the bigger ones, Biden's current CIA chief, William Burns, who met with Epstein at least three times in 2014 while he was serving in the Obama White House as the Deputy Secretary of State. Okay, so this happened in 2014, these three meetings. And mind you, Jeffrey Epstein was convicted of child sex crimes in 2008. So these meetings were taking place after Epstein was convicted. And so Epstein already had a record. He was already a well-known pedophile. But despite that, William Burns met with him both in his Washington, D.C. office and in his private home in Manhattan. It's not clear whether or not he went to the uh, little St. James Island, but nonetheless, there was child uh, sexual abuse happening in his home in Manhattan as well, and we know that for a fact. Now, the CIA, uh, the CIA, what's her, spokeswoman, the spokeswoman for the CIA, released a public statement on the matter and denies that the meetings had anything to do with child trafficking and that the only reason Burns met with Epstein was to discuss financial matters, because as we know, Jeffrey Epstein was this big-time financial expert who amassed billions of dollars legitimately through a hedge fund, which mysteriously just happened to have no clients, <laughs> right? It's just like how Jeffrey Epstein was a, a, a gigantic child trafficker, but he had no clients. Same thing with this hedge fund, okay? He amassed a billion-dollar fortune by not uh, having any clients or any transactions or any public records, uh, banking records whatsoever, Okay, but he's a financial expert, allegedly. So the CIA spokeswoman Kupperman Thorpe says, quote, Burns knew nothing about Epstein other than that he was introduced as an expert in the financial sector and said, quote, they had no relationship, right? Okay, so the CIA says that the CIA, 
is not involved in any criminal conspiracy theories or any wrongdoing here, and we should all just believe that because, well, I mean, their credibility is pretty strong right now, considering the former CIA director just admitted under oath to covering up the Hunter Biden laptop to rig an election. Right? And, I mean, uh, but apart from that, I don't think the CIA's ever lied before. So I guess we should just give them a mulligan on that one, and we can trust that the current CIA director met with Jeffrey Epstein for altruistic motives, right? (laughs) What a joke, man. I mean, why do you even have a CIA spokesperson? Because there's not a single sane person in the world that believes anything that the CIA says. But nonetheless, they put out this statement, right? Which is total bullshit for several reasons, okay? First of all, uh, you say that you didn't have a relationship with Epstein, right? But if you met with Epstein on multiple occasions, including at his personal home in Manhattan, well, uh, you had a relationship. I mean, there's no denying that. I actually looked up the, the definition of relationship, and it was, quote, the state of being connected, okay? So if you met at his home, and you met at his office in Washington, D.C., and you met up with the dude on multiple occasions, you had a relationship, all right? So that's a lie. Second, there's no denying that you didn't know he was a pedophile. You, you, so this is the guy who's now the, 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 the director of the CIA, the Central Intelligence Agency. And you mean to tell me this guy whose job, he's the, the, the director of Central Intelligence, didn't know that Jeffrey Epstein was a convicted pedophile. Well, either you're a liar or you're completely incompetent and have no business in the role as the director of the CIA. Which is it? Okay, because that that just doesn't make any sense. No one believes that you didn't know. Because literally everyone in Washington, D.C. knew that Jeffrey Epstein was a pedophile. He was convicted in 2008, and that was six years before these alleged meetings took place. And the fact that you deny having knowledge about this just tells me that you're lying and probably involved in a lot more than just consulting Jeffrey Epstein for his financial expertise. And you're probably a pedophile. That's just me, though. Okay, and here's the thing. Um, This whole line that people give, that the reason they were meeting with Epstein, because a lot of people have said this, that they're meeting with him, uh, consulting him for his financial expertise, is the biggest bullshit line of all. Because Jeffrey Epstein was not a financial expert. He was a child trafficker and a financial criminal who on top of uh, trafficking children to global elites and politicians and world leaders, also helped launder dirty money in exchange for gifts to both enrich himself and collect blackmail on powerful people. This was another way that Jeffrey Epstein would extort and blackmail powerful people. Okay, So they say this guy was a finance, financial expert, but um, you know his, his, his history is clearly criminal. And nobody seems to be able to give any legitimate explanation as to how Jeffrey Epstein amassed his fortune, which they say is somewhere around half a billion dollars or probably a lot more than that. Um, But they say that, you know, he owned a, a money management firm in the Virgin Islands, but there's virtually no client list, no financial records at all, uh, no transactions, at least none that have been made public. And uh, we have reports from people close to Jeffrey Epstein who say that uh, he was more of a financial bounty hunter for global elites. This is a an article from The Salon 
and it has a quote in it from a, a former associate uh, friend of Jeffrey Epstein. It's titled, I was a friend of Jeffrey Epstein, here's what I know. And the article says, when we met in 1986, Epstein's double identity intrigued me. He said he didn't just manage money for clients with mega fortunes. He was also a, a high-level bounty hunter. Sometimes, he told me, he worked for governments to recover money looted by African dictators. Other times, those dictators hired, to, hired him to help him hide their stolen money. Okay, so this was Epstein's involvement in the financial sector. He was helping global elites hide their money, probably in the Virgin Islands, either to evade taxes, which is illegal, or to cover up the criminal activity that the money was attached to, like stolen money or uh, illegal arms sales or human trafficking, right? So so that's, that's his involvement in the financial sector. He was not a financial expert. He was an expert at committing crimes, but... Uh, he's not the guy you'd want to consult for financial advice unless you want to commit crimes, right? And and so this is why you'll never actually see the business transactions of his hedge fund because all these rich, powerful people, including governments, as you just saw, would be revealed for their for their crimes. And they don't want anyone to be able to trace back where that money came from. They want to hide this just as much as they want to hide the client list of the people he was trafficking children to, which we still don't have. The list that was supposed to come out, I don't know, two, three months ago, people were talking about it, which never materialized. They want to hide that, but they also want to hide the uh, the business transactions of his hedge fund for the same reason. Now, there's a journalist named Whitney Webb, who I was listening to last night after this story broke, and she's like the go-to person on the Epstein criminal syndicate. She knows more about Epstein than anybody else. Her name is Whitney Webb. And uh, she says that Epstein's illegal business activity is just as important in terms of uh, this, this puzzle as the child trafficking because, again, this is another way that he would get control of the global elites, right? And we have at least one example of this that has been made public. The only business uh, relationship that we know of that has been made public is Jeffrey Epstein's relationship with Les Wexner, the owner of Victoria's Secret. Okay, this guy is extremely wealthy. Uh, I believe not only did he own uh, Victoria's Secret, but also Abercrombie and Fitch, a lot of these stores that you see at the mall. And so he had an extremely close and super shady relationship with Epstein and was actually considered one of the people that helped Epstein rise to power, okay? Now, here's an article titled Creating Jeffrey Epstein from the Intelligencer. And it talks about a documentary which was published called Turning a Blind Eye, which is a very misleading phrase because this guy, Les Wexner, did not turn a blind eye to Jeffrey Epstein. He was directly involved in his criminal enterprise. That's not turning a blind eye. It's, he, he was directly involved. Okay, so this documentary shows how Epstein was given full power of attorney over Les Wexner. Uh, he replaced Wexner's mother on the board of the Wexner Foundation and even shacked up in a house on the property of Wexner's Zando in Ohio. I don't even know what a Xanadu. What the hell is a Xanadu? I assume that's a mansion. So he, he shacked up on the property of Wexner's Xanadu in Ohio. Epstein's money, Upper East Side Mansion, and even the Lolita Express originally a Boeing 727 owned by L Brands, 
would all come from Wexner, okay? So think about it. This guy, Les Wexner, was a, apparently a client of Jeffrey Epstein's hedge fund, but this guy was buying him million-dollar mansions. He even gifted him the Lolita Express, the aircraft which was used to transport all these global elites to this little St. James Island to have sex with children on tape. He gave him that, that plane, okay? And he actually gave power of attorney over to Epstein, meaning he gave full control over his billion-dollar fortune to a pedophile and allowed him to manage his money and later said that Jeffrey Epstein misappropriated something like uh, $46 million, right? But the point is there's clearly, there's clearly a lot more going on here than just your standard, typical business relationship. You know, Epstein was obviously providing something in return, whether it was allowing him to commit financial crimes and launder his money, or providing him with an endless supply of trafficked children, or both. And considering that he bought the Lolita Express, I would assume it was both, okay? So here's the point that I'm trying to make. Uh, if anyone claims that they were consulting Jeffrey Epstein for his financial expertise even if they had never been to the little St. James Island, it's still an admission of guilt. You're still admitting that you're involved in crimes because it's almost certain that if you're consulting Jeffrey Epstein for his financial expertise, you're involved in some sort of criminal ex uh, activity, right? Now let's continue down this rabbit trail about how Epstein was most definitely part of a much larger operation involving intelligence agencies to control powerful people. And let's talk a little bit more about this calendar published by the Wall Street Journal. But before we get any deeper, let's hear a quick message from our sponsor. As you get older, your body starts to break down. You experience things like wrinkles, your hair gets thinner, your joints become stiff, your recovery from activity slows down. And most of us just associate this with getting older. However, scientists have discovered that a big reason for this is because your body is producing less collagen as you get older. By the time you're middle-aged, you could be producing less than half of the collagen you did in your youth. However, the good news is research is now showing that you can increase your body's collagen levels again by consuming more collagen in your diet. Biotrust Ageless Multi-Collagen includes all of the right types of collagen for healthy, youthful-looking skin, joint health, bone health, and gut health. And when you use the link in the description, you can get 51% off of your supply of Ageless Multi-Collagen today. Collagen may be the closest thing we have to a fountain of youth. And if you want the age-defying benefits, use the link in the description today, save 51% off, and you can renew and revitalize the way you look and feel. All right, so we already talked about the uh, CIA Director William Burns having three, at least three meetings with Jeffrey Epstein. Now let's talk about some of the other people that were revealed in this private calendar. So one of the other uh, extremely prominent people on the calendar was a woman named Catherine Rumler, who previously worked as White House counsel during the Obama, uh, Obama White House until 2014, when she later became a top attorney for Goldman Sachs. Okay, so now we have two people from the Obama White House meeting with Epstein. Now, William Burns met with uh, Epstein about three times, apparently, whereas... Catherine Rumler met with Epstein dozens of times, at least three dozen times, and claims that Epstein often, often had uh, lunch with her to discuss potential clients and connect her to high-level people, basically to widen her social circle and connect her to potential legal clients, right? Now, one of the Epstein, 
one of the people that Epstein connected her to was Microsoft CEO Bill Gates, which is very interesting because that means that Bill Gates was a client of Jeffrey Epstein, something that he has repeatedly denied, right? Bill Gates said when he was questioned about his relationship with Epstein that he met with Epstein once or twice to discuss philanthropy, and that was it, right? They had a a few dinners, and they discussed some of the, you know, altruistic projects that Bill Gates was working on, uh, you know, like trying to force vaccinate the world and depopulate the planet, and he was wondering if maybe Jeffrey Epstein would be interested in financing any of these endeavors. But that was the extent of it. That was it. However, his ex-wife, Bill Gates' ex-wife Melinda, has said otherwise <laughs> and said that their relationship extended years and one of, was one of, the main reason, <coughs> one of the main reasons that she divorced Bill Gates. She said that she actually went to meet Jeffrey Epstein in person to see this man face-to-face and said that he was evil personified. She had nightmares about it. And the whole thing made her extremely uncomfortable. And she expressed this to Bill Gates. However, Bill Gates decided to continue his relationship with Epstein. And that's part of the reason why she divorced him. Okay? So Bill Gates has denied having any extensive relationship with Epstein. But now we know, thanks to this private calendar being released, that Epstein was in fact a client of Jeffrey Epstein and is lying. Okay, big big shocker there. Now, Epstein also connected uh, Catherine Rumler, again, a former White House counsel and Goldman Sachs attorney, with Ariane de Rothschild, who's now the executive of the Swiss Bank, and who also had dozens of meetings with Epstein herself. Uh, one of the scheduled meetings Epstein had with Ariane de Rothschild included Joshua Cooper Ramos, the co-chief executive of Henry Kissinger's corporate consulting firm. So, this is Henry Kissinger's right-hand man um, meeting with Jeffrey Epstein and Catherine Rumler, a White House attorney. And by the way, for those of you that don't know, Henry Kissinger is deeply, deeply connected to the World Economic Forum and its founder, Klaus Schwab. Uh, Henry, Henry Kissinger was actually Klaus Schwab's mentor and helped him in founding the World Economic Forum in the first place, which is a whole different rabbit trail, which we don't have time to go down to today. But I want you to know about that connection between Henry Kissinger and the World Economic Forum before we go any further. Uh, so let's recap here. We have CIA directors meeting with Epstein, Goldman Sachs attorneys meeting with Epstein, and Goldman Sachs is basically an arm of the Federal Reserve. We have Kissinger's right-hand man, which ties back to the World Economic Forum, and the Rothschilds, uh, which is a banking dynasty which controls the money supply of virtually the entire planet, okay? All of these people are, are clients of a convicted pedophile, and we, apparently, are the crazy conspiracy theorists for thinking that Epstein was an intelligence asset being used to control powerful people around the world. Kind of crazy, right? I, I think if you, if you can't, if you think that's such a stretch to believe that, then you are the one that is retarded. Uh, I'm sorry, but... it, it I mean, this rabbit hole goes so much deeper than anyone can imagine. And this is based on the information that we've been told. Us little peasants, you know, the, the average citizen. This is the information that we have. Imagine how much we don't know. I don't think we've even scratched the surface. But the fact is, and here's what we do know. This island 
which existed uh, where <laughs> global elites from around the world, politicians, celebrities, people in the media were going to this island, having sex with children, being recorded having sex with children. And this was going on for decades. And this, the FBI and the CIA were at the very least aware of it because there's no way they didn't know. So they knew about it, and they did nothing about it. And you don't think that our intelligence apparatus or some other foreign intelligence apparatus would want to utilize that, uh, that, you know, that, that ability to blackmail powerful people around the world? You better believe it. And so I, I, don't, I don't doubt for a second that Epstein was an intelligence asset. I mean, think about it. They literally busted Epstein... They, they, they took, they seized all of those tapes with all these powerful people having sex with kids. They incarcerated Epstein and they faked his suicide and we never heard a word about it again. Not one person on the, on the flight list or the people that went to the island that they have tapes of, none of them have been prosecuted. Not one. So what else am I supposed to conclude other than the fact that they're all in on it? It was very obviously a big money uh, not money, honeypot. A big honeypot operation that was being run by the intelligence agencies in the U.S. and possibly Israel as well. So there's an Israel connection that a lot of people don't know about. And uh, I'm going to show that to you. So a lot of people don't know this, but Ghislaine, uh or Ghislaine, I'm not sure how you say it. I prefer to call her Ghislaine, uh just for the comedic purposes, but... Ghislaine was Epstein's pimp, right? And she was the daughter of a known Mossad agent, Robert Maxwell. That was her father, who was supposedly so deeply involved with the Israeli government that he was nicknamed Israeli's uh, Israel's super spy. Okay, here we go. There's entire books written on the subject. There's a book, Robert Maxwell, Israel's super spy, the life and murder of a media mogul. Okay. So it's well documented. It's public record. This guy was a Israeli spy. Now, Seymour Hirsch, the Pulitzer Prize winning journalist who recently called out Biden for blowing up Nord Stream 1 and 2, uh, back in, I think, 1994, after Maxwell died, he called out Maxwell's associates and Maxwell for being involved with Israeli intelligence um, and was actually sued for it. There was a libel case. And uh, here's the thing. He won. Seymour Hirsch won this libel suit. They had to issue an apology and damages to Seymour Hirsch, who said that Robert Maxwell was an Israeli spy. Okay? So it's a fact. It's a fact. Right? This guy was involved in Israeli intelligence, and this was Ghislaine Maxwell's father. And this guy, Robert Maxwell, who's not talked about enough, was more rich and powerful than Epstein was prior to his death. I mean, he owned a huge media empire that rivaled Rupert Murdoch. Um, I mean, literally, they were like big rivals. Okay, and this guy had massive connections to powerful people, including the royal family. Just incredible power in terms of media. I, I actually found out yesterday that Robert Maxwell had... He, he owned 51% of the shares of MTV. I did not know that, but apparently... An Israeli spy owned what was the majority shareholder of MTV, which means that, you know, it's, it's a bunch of Israeli propaganda. 
So this guy was working as an Israeli spy while controlling the media. And uh, apparently he was like a double agent. I think he was also involved with the Soviets. But this guy, he, 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 was, he was assassinated. He, in, in 1991, Ghislaine Maxwell's father was found dead, but naked. I'm trying to pull up this article. Here we go. Publishing magnate Robert Maxwell found dead in the Atlantic Ocean. So his dead, naked body was found floating in the Atlantic Ocean, and they called it a suicide, right? But here's the thing. Ghislaine, his daughter, actually openly said that she thought he was killed by Mossad. And again, Mossad is like Israeli, uh, the Israeli version of the CIA. So she even admits that he was involved with Israeli intelligence. Now get this, right after her father's death, that's when she got involved with Epstein. Right after his death in 1991, that's when they got together, or at least that's when they came out publicly. So she got with Epstein, who's basically the same guy as her father, and the intelligence honeypot continues. All right, now if you're still not convinced, here's some more evidence that Epstein was a CIA slash Mossad asset. Uh, let's, let's take a look at this next article which documents uh, some of the comments made by Alexander Acosta, who was the U.S. attorney for Southern Florida that was prosecuting Epstein in 2008. And this guy later became Trump's secretary of labor. So in 2008, he was prosecuting Epstein for sexually assaulting a 14-year-old girl. And randomly, in the middle of the case, Acosta just mysteriously turned around and offered Epstein a sweetheart plea like a sweetheart plea deal, which would basically be a slap on the wrist when he could have dropped the hammer on Epstein and threw him in prison for a long time. Now, why did he do that? Why did he offer a plea to Jeffrey Epstein? Check it out. So Acosta reportedly explained that he'd cut, cut the deal with Epstein's attorneys because he had been told to back off, that Epstein was above his pay grade. He said, quote, I was told Epstein belonged to intelligence and to leave it alone. Boom. So it's a fact. It's a fact. Epstein belonged to intelligence. And the pieces to this puzzle just continue to grow as we now have reports that Biden's CIA director was involved in secret meetings with Epstein in 2014. So if you really want to know why they haven't prosecuted any of Epstein's, Epstein's clients and why we don't have the uh, the transactions and the, the, the business connections with his hedge fund and why we don't have the list, the Epstein client uh, list, it's because the people that are supposed to hold him accountable are clients of Jeffrey Epstein. And that's abundantly clear. Okay? So, you know, hopefully by now you're convinced, as I am, that Jeffrey Epstein was not just some rich uh, guy trafficking kids to pedophiles. He was an intelligence asset. And probably one of many. I don't think Epstein Island is the only island. This is this is something, it's a tactic that's been going on since like the 30s. This extortion, blackmail, you know, getting your, getting these people to do something illegal on camera, collecting the evidence, and using that as blackmail to get them to, to do your bidding. It's been going on for a long time. Now, there's one thing that I can't understand for the life of me, all right? We're going to deviate a little bit. Uh, there's one thing I can't understand for the life of me, and maybe you guys can help me put the pieces together here. All right, so a lot of you guys know that it was actually Bill Barr's dad 
who was the one that brought Ep- Epstein on the scene, right? Y- you knew that, right? Donald Barr. Donald Barr, William Barr's father, was the dean of the Dalton School, which is the college where wealthy elites you know, would send their kids, right? And Barr was the dean of this college and hired Jeffrey Epstein when he was 21 years old with no college degree. Like, Jeffrey Epstein didn't have even a four-year college degree, but became a math and physics professor in 1974 at the Dalton College. Makes absolutely no sense. He had his own living quarters and his own office at this college where there's many reports that he was going to parties and, uh, you know, partying and, and, and engaging with underage girls. And this was going on and, and it, he was being enabled to do it. Again, people were turning a blind eye, right? So there's that piece to the puzzle. And then, you know, you have Donald Barr, uh, William Barr's father, who wrote a book. It was a sci-fi book. You know, I think it was a couple years after uh, Donald Barr left the Dalton School. And he wrote this book, which was a sci-fi book about child sex slavery. And it was called Space Relations, right? So the book is highly unsettling and depicts the rape of enslaved people, especially teenage girls, and other coercive sex acts for the dual purposes of entertainment and controlled procreation. All right, so, I mean, this dude's a weirdo. A total weirdo who hired a pedophile to work at a school where he could be a pedophile. And then after, you know, Donald Barr left the Dalton College, he wrote a sci-fi book about uh, child sex slavery. That's pretty weird. And, and and here's why I can't seem to wrap my mind around this. 50 years later, this guy, Donald Barr, his son, William Barr, ends up being the one to oversee the prosecution of Jeffrey Epstein. And I just don't think there's any way that's a coincidence. And Donald Barr had uh, ties to the CIA as well. And as you know, you know William Barr was uh, attorney general for the Bushes, so he's corrupt as hell. So... There's no way that was a coincidence, and I always found it odd that on one hand, Epstein got taken down under the Trump administration, right? And the the narrative is that Trump, you know, he was his neighbor, and he knew about Epstein, he knew what he was up to, right? But he kicked him out of Mar-a-Lago once he found out he was a pedophile, right? Even though, even though Trump had said publicly that, you know, Jeffrey Epstein, he's a friend, and he... He has a taste for girls that are a bit on the younger side, which was a little odd. Um, but the story is that, you know, Donald Trump never went to the little St. James Island. And when he became the president, he decided to take down Jeffrey Epstein, right? And Bill Barr was the attorney general overseeing the prosecution of this guy. And that, that just, that's just crazy, man. There's something going on here so much deeper than any of us can possibly comprehend. And anybody who claims to know the full scoop, uh, you're, you're, you're sadly mistaken because nobody really knows how deep this rabbit hole goes. They're not telling us the full extent of this, this, this situation. It's, it, it's, it's crazy, right? Uh, you know, under the Trump administration, under William Barr, Jeffrey Epstein got fake suicided and I always had a sneaking suspicion that Bill Barr was some, somehow involved in that and either tried to, you know, fake kill Jeffrey Epstein to, uh, or, or maybe they did kill him. 
Maybe they did kill him because they saw him as a liability. They didn't want him talking, and they didn't want him giving up names. So, I mean, if your ass is on the line, you kill the guy, and then you don't have to worry about that. Maybe that's what happened. Or it was a fake suicide so they could move Epstein to Cuba to go live with Tupac or something in some sort of witness protection. I don't know. But Roy, okay, Roy says he knows the full scoop. So if anybody wants to know, you, you got to ask Roy. I don't know. There's so many weird things with this. But either way, Jeffrey Epstein was an intelligence asset. The FBI, the CIA, the Biden administration, the Israeli intelligence apparatus, they're all in on it. And they're all a bunch of pedophiles and the whole world knows it. And I'm running out of conspiracy theories here. I'm running out of conspiracy theories here. But at the end of the day, this is what it all boils down to. You are here <laughs> paying taxes to pedophiles. Okay? That's the life we live where you work four, five months out of the year, working your fingers to the bone uh, to then give your income, all of that money, to a child sex trafficking ring. Okay? So that <laughs> that's where we're at, folks. That's that's where we're at. Now, I you know, I, I find it really odd that this story about Jeffrey Epstein's calendar came from the, the Rupert Murdoch news rag, the Wall Street Journal. And I think I've been calling it the Washington Street Journal throughout this show. The Wall Street Journal. I don't read it. I don't read that news rag, okay? So if I misnamed it, it's because I don't read it. The Wall Street Journal. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, the fact that this came out of Rupert Murdoch's news rag... Something tells me we're we're not getting the full story here. And perhaps this was an attempt to <coughs> to kind of damage control. Like, you know, somebody was going to get a hold of this calendar. So the Wall Street Journal, they put out their little piece so they could spin it the way that they wanted to. If you notice, the article is full of, um, you know, spokespeople coming out and saying, oh, there was nothing, you know, there was nothing criminal going on here. They were just consulting him for his, uh, you know, financial advice. And they had no idea that he was a pedophile, right? And then uh, Catherine Rumler says that she deeply regrets her relationship with Jeffrey Epstein. You know, and Goldman Sachs had nothing to say about the matter. So they, they put out this story, they named some names, but then they try to spin it in favor of the people that met with Jeffrey Epstein. You see what I'm saying? But uh, they should know better by now that people like us aren't going to... We're not going to take the the word of the CIA spokesperson who tells us there's nothing to see here. You know, they should know better than that. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, this about concludes the show for today. I just wanted to do a show on Jeffrey Epstein and the fact that another conspiracy theory has been confirmed. Another, yet another conspiracy theory. I am running out of conspiracy theories. And so this will conclude today's show. We will be back tomorrow at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Be sure to tune in. Remember that we're also on iTunes and Spotify. Uh, and if you guys would, would want to sign up there, that would be awesome. That would be greatly appreciated. And we're going to wrap up the show with another ad, okay? Uh, you know, because who doesn't love ads? 
Everyone's talking about getting enough greens in your diet, but not many people are talking about reds. What a lot of people don't know is many of nature's top fruits and vegetables that support a healthy heart, circulatory health, and energy levels are some shade of red. These days, it's hard to get sufficient amounts of all the right nutrients from the standard American diet. And if you're not getting enough reds in your diet, then you may start to experience some of the following symptoms. Low energy, lack of stamina, feeling foggy muscle cramping, slow recovery after activity. These are the symptoms of something called sluggish blood and it may be dragging you down. And if this sounds like you, then BioTrust Eternal Reds could be the solution you're looking for. There's finally a red strength that provides your daily intake of all the vital nutrients you need to have more energy, more stamina, a healthier heart, and a zest for life, all in one single delicious scoop. And right now, if you use the link in the description, you can get 51% off of your month's supply of Eternal Reds. Use the link in the description to take advantage of this special offer. Get 51% off of Eternal Red. Stay active and feel energized. All right, guys, before we head out of here, make sure to smash that rumble button before you go. We got 318 people and only 40 rumbles, and that's just disappointing. We could do better than that. Uh, again, we'll be back tomorrow, 1230 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Thank you for watching, and I will see you next time.